Welcome to Between Two Furnaces. I am your host, Luke Wyden. I'm joined here with my colleague, Matt Big Cat Barbosa. How are we doing today, Matt? Beautiful morning. I'm doing great. Beautiful day in Chicago here. Bears are going to kick some Packers butt tonight. We are so excited for the for the kickoff of the uh, season over here. Um, a lot of anticipation, right, Big Cat? Man, I'm a Cowboys fan, and I can't Aww. wait to see the Bears just kick that mustache off of Aaron Rodgers' face tonight. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, listeners, we have a very, very special surprise for you today. We have a guest. Uh, my good friend Mark Madison is joining us on the phone here. He is a HVAC legend. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Mark. Mark started his career as an HVAC technician in 1976. He is one of those rare professionals who can say he is a publisher, speaker, consultant, and author, and mean it. He has attracted clients in HVAC contracting, distribution, manufacturing, as well as such organizations like Microsoft, T-Mobile, John Deere, ConocoPhillips, Aflac, New York Mutual Life, and other Fortune 500 companies on three different continents. His annual speaking commitment typically means 40 keynotes, 20 seminars, 5 to 10 consulting engagements around the world. Mark is a committed writer and has written five books, including the bestseller Freedom from Fear, that has been translated into multiple languages. Mark is also the author of 10 popular ebooks, Presenting Like a Pro, Sales Success Strategies, Customer Service Excellence, and he has a monthly e newsletter that goes out to 7,000 plus people a month since 2003. Um, he's he is interviewed frequently and has been quoted in the media and written dozens of articles for magazines. He is considered a thought leader, an idea reporter, an agent of change who teaches his clients how to get more of the right things done in less time. He's done work internationally in Australia, Canada, Aruba, Mexico, Turkey, um, and he's worked in all 48 states. He resides in Edmonds, Washington with his wife of 38 years, Debbie. They have three grown sons. Mark, pleasure to have you this morning. Wow, that's some bio. My mom wrote it. She loves me. <laughs> I, I left out the most important part. It says, Mark takes great pride in the fact that he's flunked high school English. Bingo. That's the most important part. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're we're excited to have you here today, Mark. Um, kick it off. Tell us a little bit how you got into this crazy industry. Well, I was playing basketball on a scholarship at a junior college in Seattle. I had a 3.0 in college, blood alcohol level. And, <laughs> uh, you know, after a year, I, I, had a, I had a good season. No, honestly, I made the dean's list. I had a 3.8 GPA, and, and I was averaging about 12 points a game as a 17-year-old freshman. But I, I had a, a kind of a crisis moment. I thought, you know, I'm going to graduate. I picked up time in Newsweek, and they were all saying the same thing. You know, all these baby boomers were graduating from college, and they couldn't find a job. So I called my uncle, who's an industrial arts teacher in Ohio, and I said, hey, you know, Uncle Tom, what's what's the best blue-collar job I could, you know, what skill could I learn that would be valuable? I were, I'd always be employable. And he said, refrigeration and air conditioning. And so I joined the Air Force, and that's how I got started. And uh, after I got out, I went through an apprenticeship. And I think about my third year, I sold more service agreements and 
projects and the guy they hired full time. Wow. And I trans my boss offered me a job. He said, I can't get anybody to sell like you do. And so I came into the office a year later and, and kind of never looked back. I've been selling, you know, what I do ever since. So awesome. That's amazing. Um, so, you know, our, a lot of our listeners are HVAC sales professionals, Mark. And I know you work closely with a lot of those people in our industry, right? What what would you say five tips or things that the people listening today could go out and start doing tomorrow that would improve their performance um, out there in the field? Uh, As a technician or uh, as a comfort consultant? As a comfort consultant. Got it. Okay. So sales. So sales 101. I mean, honestly, uh, Years ago, uh, gosh, I want to say 10 years ago, I was speaking to 400 salespeople from Aflac, and I was in Milwaukee, the Hilton downtown, and uh, I had the number one person stand up, and I said, you're the top producer in Wisconsin for all of Aflac. What, you know, what are you doing differently than everybody else? I mean, you're so far ahead. And he smiled, and, and uh, this was totally improv, you know, and he said, well, he said, I make 40 calls a day. I quack loudly every day, and I offer my clients a choice of yeses. And I stopped in my tracks, and I said, I hope everybody heard that. I don't care what you sell. If you make 40 calls a day, you're gonna be wildly successful. So pick a number, five, 10, 15, 20, but especially if you're just starting out, just start making X amount of calls. Number two, if you don't passionately believe in what you sell, one of the things I tell contractors is whatever line that you carry, you know, whether it's train or carrier or Lennox or Daikin or it doesn't matter, have that in your house and in your mother's house. And it makes sure all your technicians carry that, have that same unit in your house because you can't sell something you don't believe in or practice. Right. Yep. And this guy passionately believed in what Aflac was doing. And of course, the last one was a choice of yeses. When I give you three options, it changes the buying dynamic from if I'm gonna buy to how. Which one of these would you prefer? And I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. Gosh, probably eight years ago, I was uh, asked to put together a sales training program for a distributor in Kansas City. And they were an air conditioning distributor. And the gentleman's name was Cal, he's since retired. And I sent him three options. And we'd gone back and forth on the phone, you know, and and, uh, and then he actually came out to Seattle where I live and he was staying in a hotel, so I met him downtown and we went over the proposal. And he's, you know, at that time I had gold, silver, bronze. Those were the three options. And I said, um, so Cal, you know, I slid the agreement across and we talked about it. He said, man, I really like this gold option. I said, I thought you would, it's got lots of value. He said, but I'm in love with the uh, silver price. Well, then let's go with the silver. He said, no, no, you don't understand. I want the gold option, but I want it for the silver price. I said, that's nice. I said, and I want Uma Thurman to stalk me, but that's probably not going to happen in my lifetime. So I guess we're going with the silver. He said, you're not going to budge on this thing, are you? I said, no, that's why I gave you three options. He said, fine, let's go with the gold. I said, perfect. I said, would you like to use your credit card or is the check better? He said, oh, you're good. I said, I know, and this is what I'm gonna 
teach your dealers how to do so they can sell more boxes. Awesome. Well, I closed the deal. <laughs> and I think that's what he meant. You know, when you offer a choice of yeses, it changes the buying dynamic. So, and in, in put it in the context for, for HVAC salespeople. If you're out there just selling one particular uh, system or not, uh, not giving the customer a few different options, a good, better, best, and you're you're putting your back up against the wall. Sure, because if you only have one option, one of the decisions is no. Right. I mean, it's a, such a simple distinction, right? But it's amazing how many people don't do it. And, and the reality is, if there's multiple options. Now, I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume for a moment that uh, the people listening to this the sales professionals, the comfort consultants, they're also, they also want to know more than what I just shared. So I would, I would add a few more things. Uh, number one, if you don't have a script, if you don't have your questions planned and prioritized in advance, written down and with you, you know, sitting in that kitchen, talking to Mr. or Mrs. or hopefully both, then you're not really prepared to close the business. So number one is get a script. Ask a series of open-ended questions. Who, what, where, when, how, and why. And it's better to memorize the script, but it's okay to have it with you. Everything I've ever sold, I've always had a script. So that's the first thing. The second thing is most salespeople, especially men, are horrible listeners. They're just not, they're waiting to talk. They're not really listening. Right. So I have a simple formula, and Luke, you've heard me share this before with your company. Listen, pause, question, paraphrase. The active listening process has four elements. Listen actively. And you know when somebody's actively listening to you. I can tell by your silence now that you are. Yeah, right? for sure. You're not interrupting. You're waiting to kind of, right? Then the next thing is pause three to five seconds. And literally you count to five silently. And here's the crazy part, fellas. When, when you get to four in your head, they start talking again. <laughs> it was a comma, not a period. It was a semicolon, not the end of the paragraph. <laughs> the third part of it, so it's listen, pause, question. So the two questions I like to ask are, how do you mean and can you give me an example? Well, the, so the prospect says, you know, we don't really have any money. Well, when you say you don't have any money, how do you mean? Well, we just bought a truck for $60,000, and I'm not sure we're going to be able to afford it the system. Now, all of a sudden, you're having a conversation about financing. Right. But if you didn't ask that question, how do you mean, or can you give me an example? The unit's making a funny noise, she says to the technician. The technician could spend the next hour looking for a funny noise, or he could be really clever and say, when you say funny noise, how do you mean? Can you give me an example? She said, well, yeah, that thing in the backyard that blows the air up and that's on the concrete pad, that thing, whatever that thing's called, the condensing unit, yes. Yeah. It gets going, <laughs> well, the technician knows it's pulling lock rotor amps and it's, you know, it's time to get a new compressor. And all of that because he was smart enough to say, when you say funny noise, how do you mean? And the last piece of that equation, the fourth element to that, so it's listen, pause, question, paraphrase. Then you say, well, going back to the original example, if we could offer financing that would make this thing work, can we do business? If I could show you how easy it is to invest in this equipment, can we do business? Well, yeah, of course. 
And all of a sudden now you've just positioned yourself because you took the time to listen, you asked all the right questions, right? and you're ready to make an offer, to write something up. Right. And uh, Big Cat, did you pick up on one thing that he did there is I think a lot of people forget to do is just ask for the business. Amen. Yes. Right? Well, it's because unassertive salespeople have skinny kids. (laughs) (laughs) They don't ask. They're afraid to. It's that long walk back, right? Your first dance in high school, right? It wasn't rejection you were afraid of. It was the long walk back. Right. Yeah, you're right. We're afraid I, of people laughing at us. We're afraid of fear criticism. And the reality is you get, you have nothing to lose by asking for the business. The worst thing they can say is no, but you have to ask. Yeah. Amen to that. That's I think I think that alone will change people's lives if they just ask. Even if you think it's the worst sales call in the world, then not, everything is against you. Just to ask, right? So, so I'm going to ask you for the business now, and I want you to give me an objection. Okay. Because okay? people, people say all the time, well, we, we, in order for us to, I wrote an ebook called How to Enjoy a 75% Close Ratio, right? Sparking Sales Success. And it's a fantastic little ebook. It's hundred and some pages, and it's great. It's only nine, nine bucks on my website. What's that but website, Mark? Me all the time. Contracts say, well, we need to teach our guys how to you know, overcome objections. I said, no, you need to learn how to qualify right. and ask the right questions and then disqualify bad prospects. But if, if that's something you want to learn more about, okay, here, give me give me an objection and I'll, I'll teach you how to overcome it. So go ahead and give me an objection, guys. Well, Mark, this, uh, this gold package here looks great, but I need to talk to my wife about it. I understand. And uh, you know what? That seems like a really prudent thing to do. If it were me, I would do the exact same thing. But let me ask you something. You need to talk to your wife? Yeah, you know, she she, she uh, helps make the decisions around here. I understand. So the first thing I did was I parroted. Okay? So basically, I just repeated exactly what they said in the form of a question back to them. Okay. Right. Second strategy is what I call the four magic words. In addition to that. Right. So go ahead and give me the objection again. <clears throat> so, Mark, this looks great, but I need to talk to my wife about this. I understand. So in addition to that, is there anything else? No, I don't think so. I think the price looks good, and I think the equipment makes sense, how you explained it. Okay, so you're sold on it. You just need to clear it with with Mrs. Jones. Yes. Well, that's fair enough. When would be a good time for us to meet, the, the three of us to sit back down? Now, do you see what I just did? I said, in addition to that, and you said, no, there's nothing else. The last objection is always the true one. If you had said something else like, uh, well, this just seems like a lot of money, the first objection was a lie. Right. It's, it's smoke and mirrors, the first one. Exactly. Because we don't want to hurt somebody's feelings, so we throw up a smoke screen. But until you get to the last objection, it's not the true one, and you can't overcome a false objection. Exactly. Wow, that was that was uh, that was awesome. Matt and I are giggling here. Big Cat is giggling because we are, we are reading a book called um, Never Split the Difference. Have you heard of it, Mark? No. Who's it written by? Chris Voss. He's a FBI hostage negotiator, and he talks about mirror. Oh, I've heard of the book. I've 
not read it. Yeah, it's awesome. And he talks about mirroring, which is repeating the same question like exactly like you did it. And I, like we literally were just talking we we're talking about this all week. So it's it's ironic that you said that. Obviously it works cuz every if you're doing it and the, the book is, you know, his book is doing it. So uh we're we've been trying to incorporate that we he calls it mirroring, but yeah, that was awesome. I call it parody, but it's the same thing. Exactly. So as in what a parrot would say, as in the parrot said, rock pieces of eight. <laughs> Parroting. All right, I love it. Yeah, it's the same thing as mirroring. Uh, but I see it with mirroring. I would also add that you're, you're also reflecting back their body language. That's a that's neurolinguistic programming, and that's when you do that. When you start mirroring and matching their body language, it's a way to build a connection on a subconscious basis. Right. Bingo. So if you do both of those, if you mirror and parrot. Right? Yeah. Then they have to come back and tell you the truth. That's right. That's, that's, I think that alone, people will change your world if you just start to implement that, those, that strategy there that Mark just talked about. So it's really hard to change. I mean, I, you know, when I give presentations, I have, I have everybody fold their arms and I say, which arm's on top? And you've seen me do this a bunch of times. And they say, well, my right arm. And I said, well, why? And I said, I don't know. It's just a habit, I guess. Now fold <laughs> the other way. How's that feel? Well, I don't like it. It's uncomfortable. Congratulations. Welcome to stretching your comfort zones. See, if you keep doing what you've always done, you keep getting what you always got. Yeah. You have to do something different. You got to change it. You got to change your, your approach up. You got to change your script up. You got to change something up to get different results. Exactly. exactly. Just do one thing differently. Drive a different way home. Eat left-handed. Let your wife choose the movie. And just getting in the habit of throwing yourself out of your comfort zone. Right. If the only thing your listeners did was have a script, actively listen, you know, overcome objections, ask for the sale. They're going to sell twice as much as they were selling before. I believe it. And I would add one other thing. This is really important. Uh, Sharon Roberts wrote a book called Selling to Women that I read years ago. It's a little bathroom book. You can read it in four sittings if you don't mind your legs going numb. It was like 85 <laughs> pages, right? <laughs> yeah, I read it in one sitting. It was fantastic. And uh, she, she and I were sharing the stage uh, probably 10 years ago. And she gave me her book and I gave her mine. And at that time, I only had one book. And... I sat down and read the whole thing, and she said she said a bunch of things in there that were fantastic. But she said, when you're selling to women, you gotta understand that women make 85% of the buying decisions in the home. That means they're the economic buyer. It's not the husband. Right. It's her, and she's the one you have to make a connection with. She's the one you have to please. In my house, it's 115%. I'm sitting in a condo right now on Lake Chelan, and when we bought this place nine years ago my wife bought all the furniture and all the artwork and everything I didn't have a say in any of it <laughs> I got to I got to you know it put the table together that was my contribution right and when people come over they go oh you got a gorgeous condo I said yeah well, I'm, you know I've got good taste what can I say <laughs> it's my wife I have nothing to do with this right. I get all the credit but I got nothing to do with it yeah, I'm the same way well, it's the same thing. In eighty-five percent of the homes that you're going to be in, she's the decision maker. So make sure they're both in the room, and make sure you show her the respect she deserves. Definitely, definitely. Mark, what? Uh, Big Cat's got a question for you here. What? What do you got, Big Cat? Hey, Mark. Yeah, one question I did want to ask is, what are the biggest mistakes that you see salespeople make? Uh, I go back to what I said before. They don't listen. 
they interrupt. They're, they want to talk about how many technicians they have or how long they've been in business. And you know, the prospect doesn't care. They don't care. Zig Ziglar said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You have to focus on the customer first. And you're not there with your agenda. You're there to find out what's important to them. And the only way you're going to do that is to ask the right questions and listen. So and not interrupt. So sorry to interrupt, Mark. Um, no worry. So basically, like you, you hear a lot of salespeople in our industry say, "We've been in business for fifty years, and we do quality work, and this, that, the other thing." You're saying nobody cares about that. Yeah. So what? Who cares? Uh, I Here's agree. Here's a question to ask. Okay. So if if you, so let's say you you get you're near the end of the initial qualifier, things are going really well. At some point, they're going to say maybe they will, but maybe they won't. But it doesn't matter. But if they happen to say, well, so how long have you guys been in business? Right. And so now they want to know a little bit, right? You say, well, look, we've been in business since 1947. It's the third generation. But then what you need to know uh, are the, the six magic words. What that means to them is. Right. So you follow up whatever statement you make, like we've got 25 technicians or we've been in business since 1947 with the six magic words. What that means to you is with 25 technicians, we can be out to your house in an hour or two. And if you're a service agreement customer, you get priority service and we can get out there in 45 minutes. So now all of a sudden these things that you think are so important, how long you've been in business, how many technicians you have, that has to translate into what it means for them. We've been in business since 1947, so what, who cares? What that means to them is, we're gonna be around for another generation. Yeah, exactly. It's not about you guys, it's not about your company, it's about them. But if you do talk about your company, make sure that you tell them why that's important to them. Exactly. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. That's that's powerful stuff there. What uh, to follow up with Matt's question? What you know? So we got. If you're not an active listener, that's against you. That's a mistake. Um, what what else you seeing out there when you're when you're at these companies that uh, you know result in bad performance for these people? Well, it, it comes down to one really simple thing: How good are you at making friends? How much influence do you really have? Years ago, when I was a technician, I stumbled across Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. I got it for 50 cents at a garage sale. And I kept that in my service truck, and that became my human relations Bible. And I gotta tell you, I've read that book, I don't know, 20, 25 times, I've listened to it. First I had it on cassette, for the millennials listening, cassettes were these things that we had. Uh, anyway, so then, <laughs> then CDs, now I have it on Audible, along with my books, which is always kind of fun. But it, it, that would be a good place to start. You know, read that book, listen to that book. And there's a lot of guys they are not going to read. Guys don't read books. Women buy 85% of the books in this country, and men simply don't read. And frankly, I recorded my books initially because I'd be doing a presentation, and the contractor would come up and say, yeah, this book looks, I like the look of this book, it's only 95 pages, that's great, but do you have it on cassette? And I literally <laughs> didn't at the time. And so eventually I recorded on cassette, then CD, and now Audible. But men don't read, and that's honestly, so if you're not gonna read, then, then right. join Windshield University. Listen to audio programs, and then Luke, I know you do. Yep, I do Listen both. Listen to audio yeah. while you drive. 
I'm, I'm just finishing up. I read a book uh, this last week called uh, Truck Full of Money by Tracy Kidder. This guy's a brilliant writer, but he profiles a guy named Paul English. And English is the guy who started Kayak.com. Okay. And he sold it for $120 million, Or no, his part, his take was $120 million. He sold it for like $128 billion or something. But it's one of the most fascinating books I've ever read. Well, I was halfway through the book and I ordered I ordered it on Audible. And on my drive home on Saturday, I'm going to finish listening to the rest of that book, even though I've read the book twice now. Awesome. And I, I, I guess the reason I'm telling you that is this. Commit to your own personal development. Read books, listen to audio while you drive, keep a journal. And maybe the best thing you could do after every single call in your journal, ask yourself two questions. What did I do well and what could I improve? And that's subtle discipline. And I do that after every presentation I make. I've been doing that for as long as I can remember, 30-some years now. Sitting in your car yeah. with the information fresh. When you ask yourself, what did I do well? What can I improve? That simple discipline, if you do it after every call for the next year, you'll be twice as good as you are now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. We, I actually force my team to do that after every call. We call it a debrief, same, and same simple questions. And they send me the email so I can get a little thought of what they're, how they're feeling. But, yeah, I think that's de- that's definitely a huge thing that people can do out there is, is – Take a take a look at how your call went. What did what went well? What can I improve on? You know, it's, it's simple, but you're right. It'll it'll change your world. The Japanese call it kaizen. It's continuous improvement. If you improve one percent a day for ninety days, you're twice as valuable. And that's one of those one percent formulas. So listening to audio is another one. Keeping a journal is another one. Uh, reading sales books for twenty or thirty minutes every morning is another way to do that. I read 50 pages every morning. I write three pages every day. Those are disciplines that I just weave into my day. And that's the reason I've written 11 ebooks and five books. And I'm just finishing up two more books this summer. I'm up to like 300 some pages. So I've got to, got to cut it in half. I've actually got two books there. <laughs> but, but the point is, my point is, find something that you can do and will do and commit to doing that every day. Right. It's about consistency. Agreed. Yeah. What What about? I know you're a. You, even though you're a, you're a. How do I say this politely? Older fella. Older. Yeah, mature. Mature. That's the word I'm looking for. How, I'm a grandfather how, now. How do you? Oh, congratulations. How do you incorporate fitness into this one percent? role because we talk a lot about it here and we're trying to as a team to bring up our whole fitness level because i think that is another one percenter that people forget about there's a direct correlation between your waistline and your self-esteem and how you feel about yourself matters exactly i wrote a book called freedom from fat right i lost 50 pounds and 10 inches off my waist wow took me about four years to do it but you know what I'm at 61. I'm in the best shape of my life. I play basketball a couple times a week. I lift. I swim. I walk through airports. It's really simple. There's three things if you want to get and stay fit. Portions, quality, exercise. And this is especially true for men. Guys, cut your portions in half. Don't go on a diet. Don't join Atkins or just just try this for 90 days and see what happens. Whatever you're given at a restaurant or at home, just cut it in half. 
and eat the other half later. Not only do you save money, but you're gonna your stomach will eventually shrink, and you'll you'll get used to eating less. So that's number one. Number two, um, so it's portions, quality, exercise. Quality is salad instead of fries. I'm not saying don't have a hamburger. I'm just saying take the top of the bun off the burger, have a salad instead of fries. Yep. And that simple little change will make a huge difference 90 days from now. And then the last one is exercise. Do something every day. The best thing you could do is walk. My wife lost 46 pounds over the last five months. She joined Weight Watchers and she walks two miles every day. Awesome. And she does the Weight Watchers cooking thing, so that's perfect for me because that's kind of the way I eat anyway. So there's no reason. Look, if I lost 50 pounds and 10 inches off my waist, you can too. Right. Anybody can. Anybody but can. there's a direct correlation between how you look and how you feel. And that feel, the, the positive, so people say, wow, you look fantastic. So well, thanks, appreciate it, man. You know, and that gives you confidence. And that confidence, you take that into every sales call. You take that into every day of your life. Yeah, for sure. Other want, than that, I got nothing. You got nothing. <laughs> well, so it, you know, powerful, powerful stuff here, Mark. Um, it, you know, just to recap: personal development, fitness, read, commit to things you can to improve yourself. Um, all these things get one percent better. I lo- love that, big cat. Yeah, I mean, like that you know, these are things we talk about, and I'm glad that you're sh- we're sharing them with the with the listeners here. Um, Mark, we appreciate the time today. We got to cut it short here, but one last thing I want to ask you: How can the people listening get a hold of you? Well, uh, they can call me. You know, old school two zero six six nine seven zero four five four. If you want me to, you can send an email: Mark at sparkingsuccess.net. You can go on my website, uh, Sparking Success. Dot net and there's video on there there's there's articles you can download there's a bunch of information uh, that's those are probably the three best ways if you just google my name it's mark with a k mattison m-a-t-t-e-s-o-n you'll find my website you'll find articles um, there's a but there's like 63 articles on contracting business magazine i think I've, I've done that many with them so i'm a pretty easy guy to find so if you're interested in uh, doing what you guys did, have me come out and talk to your company or do some coaching or do a keynote for some association or something, by all means, give me a call. What will what, happen is once you reach out, then I'm going to ask you five or six questions. I'm going to get a clear sense of what you want to accomplish. Awesome. I tailor everything towards those ends. Yeah, I, I can uh, say uh, firsthand experience. Mark has helped me personally, um, but he's also helped our companies come and gave us uh, gave a speech to our whole organization, and it was impactful. And people are still talking about it a year year and a half later. So um, awesome! Again, thanks for your time, Mark. Um, and well, the credit goes to you, Luke. You put a bunch of great people in the room. Who you've attracted? at your organization but all the credit's yours man you got great people in the company well thank so you so it was just a privilege to be there awesome well we we're, we enjoyed having you Mark thanks guys I appreciate it and go Bears yes thank you what a treat that was, a, that was amazing. Amazing. Hope you guys got a lot out of that one. As always, we've got to thank our sponsor, EM Search Consulting, emsc.com. Again, EM Search Consulting for all your internet needs, 312-285-2489. 
Todd's your guy there. Thanks, yes, guys. Everything digital. Thanks. Happy selling. <laughs>